Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Split Division podcast. Tonight, I'll be your host. I am Eli Berkovitz. I am joined with the entire crew this week. We got Max with the Bears, Brett with the Vikings, Nathan with the Packers, and Gerbs with the Lions. We finally got football back. Practice is back. Things, fingers crossed, are looking pretty good right now for the most part around the league. And with it, there's been a lot of news between injuries, signings, players, you know, outstanding performance or underperforming. So a lot to talk about in the NFC North. But I think the biggest news of the week has to be the Kenny Clark extension. So I guess let's start, Nathan, just start us off with how you feel about the extension and what you think that means for Aaron Jones and David Bakhtiari and Kevin King and all of their upcoming contracts. Yeah, I was super, I was super excited as was most of Packer nation Um, to the casual fan. They might've thought it was like, Oh, an overpay or like, what are the Packers doing? But Packers fans are the ones that mainly recognize just how good Kenny Clark is and how underrated he is um, in general in the NFL. So yeah, I'm thrilled with it. Um, definitely like one of the I, one of the most underrated guys in the division, if not the whole league. But yeah, like you said, with um, upcoming contracts coming up, I know Aaron Jones. I was going to talk about Aaron Jones. Um, they said also is becoming a priority for the Packers, or his contract extension is becoming a priority. That's one where we've talked about it on the podcast. You shouldn't really pay running backs. Um, I don't want to. I'm, I'm hoping they don't give Jones too much. Um, I do think there's a chance he like does take. You know seven eight nine million where like i'd be okay with that compared to you know taking 12 or something so yeah as far as like other guys bakhtiari is a definite like gotta get him you have to sign him like he to me is much more important than you know aaron jones um yeah. just because of the position and yeah i mean that that's where i'm standing with that like i think you lock up bakhtiari first i don't know if that's how they're actually going to do it but lock up bakhtiari first and then aaron jones you know if he's taking a a slight discount, I would, I would extend him. If he's not, I wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the performance of AJ Dillon as a rookie will play a big part in the Jones deal. If they don't sign him first, Um, sorry, sign Jones before the start of the season. But, but yeah, I'm with you. Obviously Bakhtiari is your next priority when it comes to who you have to sign. And I'm hoping they can manage to get a deal done before the season. I mean, Bakhtiari did say that they've been in talks for a while now. So we'll have to see what happens there. And then, yeah, like you said, Aaron Jones being called a priority for resigning. And I'm with you. I, I love Aaron Jones, but it comes to a limit. I, I don't want to be seeing double digit numbers for him every single year. Yeah. You just see it doesn't really work all that well in the NFL. And also, right? Yeah. And also I'd prefer if it was a like probably three years or less extension. Cause again, with running backs, they have a short shelf life. So um, you don't yeah, want to get too long. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. Yeah. Doubt a four year extension is something that would make a lot of sense for them, yeah. especially if they signed them before the season, maybe, you know, do a three year extension before yeah. in total, but yeah, that's covering around the Packers and around the rest of the division. Let's start with uh, the bears. Uh, what have been some of the bigger pieces coming out of Chicago training camp, stuff like that. Yeah, so uh, a pretty huge one is that, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but there's been a lot of um, frustration with fans over our management just based on uh, how much content we get over training camp. We used to be able to go to training camp, and obviously things are different with COVID this year, but even uh, prior years, we used to be able to go to training camp and record videos, and there's tons of footage and a lot of hype before the season. And and slowly, even pre-COVID, our management has slowly been taking those opportunities away. Uh, last year uh, at Bourbonnet, uh, which is where usually we have your training camp, it's like a small town outside of Chicago. And fans would just go there in droves and record. And then they said, no more recording, no taking pictures. If we see phones out, we're going to take them away and we're going to kick you out. Like really intense. And it's really sad when we go on to have the year that we have with our offense. It's like, what, what secrets were you guys trying to hide? You know, <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I don't think anyone in the NFL really cares what our offense is doing, and it's and it really does seem to focus around our offense and maybe letting scheme out and and uh, even just with like um, media sort of stuff. Like there's been a lot of talk about like TVs in the locker room being turned off and and a lot of talk over Trubisky and if he's capable of being uh, a week one starter and if he's capable of being QB one and and then wanting to limit media. So what they've actually done is that we, we've been complaining. We see like the Cleveland Browns and they have um live stream of their entire training camp. You can go on and watch like their entire, like you can watch full scrimmages and stuff, like really cool sort of stuff going over there. And we have nothing. Um, and then all of a sudden they drop this series. It's called 1920 Football Drive, which is like the address that um, Hallis Tall is at. And within that, it's uh, almost this hard knock sort of style sort of uh, series with different episodes that are going to be aired, I believe, um, every few days or so. Uh, I'm not too sure about that yet, but um, it's really cool. I watched the first episode. It's about 15 minutes long. You kind of get to see into the locker room and how they're running things, uh, how they're preparing for COVID and all the different technology they've introduced. And it doesn't really go too much into like players personally and that sort of stuff, but I was sitting back thinking, like, why are they doing this? Like, this is awesome that they're giving us content finally. But uh, a part of me thinks that it's, like, our management's, like, biggest fear to have hard knocks come to Chicago and uh, increase the media narrative so much more that um, and and direct it in a certain way. So for me, I'm kind of thinking, like, maybe they're trying to think uh, one step ahead that maybe hard knocks will not want to come to Chicago if they're already doing a hard knocks Chicago style in that this way they can also kind of direct the narrative a, a little bit more and kind of keep it off the QB competition and and uh, not really get things too hyped up and that sort of thing. So it's cool. Um, I, I'm glad we're, we're just getting some sort of content. Uh, beyond that, Chicago has announced that uh, until further notice, we're not going to be having any fans during any games throughout the season. And yeah, I don't know. Like like I've said before, like I'm in Canada, so like I I don't really experience COVID the way you guys are experiencing it and that sort of thing. So I can't really talk it, uh, speak into that too much. Um, however, I saw that the Chiefs are going to allow 22% of their stadium to be filled. So I don't know. Whenever you don't have home field advantage, that really sucks. But again, I can't speak into it too much without um, being too insensitive because I really don't know how things are looking down there. You know. Uh, but beyond that, um, the rest I can rest of the news I can kind of go over when we go into our next section. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Gerbs with the Lions, what have uh, what have been the biggest news stories surrounding them in the first week of practice? So, um, one of the news stories that actually came out today, uh, unfortunately, seventh round pick Jay Sean Cornell out of um, Ohio State. He went down with what he like, you know, it's bad when the coach at the press briefing says, yeah, that was a really bad injury. Like, you know, even when the coach is saying, yeah, that injury is pretty serious before he even the player even gets to the hospital, you know, it's bad. So, um, I mean, he was a seventh round uh, defensive tackle, kind of played that like that tweener three technique, five technique kind of spot where he could line up on the edge if he needed to like a big body defensive end. Um, you know, he's a seventh round pick, so it wasn't like there was a lot of hype around him. But he he showed a lot of potential, and you don't want to lose any draft pick or any player for that matter, especially in training camp. Um, so that was kind of a bummer to hear about. The Lions also waived running back Wes Hills and signed um, running back Jonathan Williams. Uh, Hills was a guy that the Lions brought on last season, kind of like late in the season. He was a undrafted rookie for, from the Cardinals, went to the Lions, and then... Um, only played in one game, week 15, 21 yards, two touchdowns. So, like, they used him solely as a goal line back. Um, he was one of those guys that no one really thought, like, he wasn't going to make the squad this year, but at least, you know, he kind of had a specific role not a lot of other players had, and um, he could have been a guy they kept around for the practice squad. It doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. Uh, Williams came in today, uh, or yesterday was his first day. Today, apparently, he had a kind of rough practice already. Uh, this is his fifth team in five years. He's never been with one team for more than two seasons. Um, so I'm not really – there's not much to say about him. He's played in three seasons, maybe 40 games around that entire time. Has the same amount of touchdowns as Hills, and Hills only played in, like, half an NFL game in his career, and they both have two touchdowns. So – um 
you know, I don't I don't think it's really like much that big of a move. The Lions running back stable seems about set. But um, other than that, really, it's just uh, things with training camp are going pretty smoothly. Uh, yeah, we'll get into that more in the next segment. But yeah, they uh, a lot of things are kind of starting to look up for the Lions as far as uh, things in training camp go. So. All right. And let's uh, finish it off with the Vikings with Brett. Yeah, it's been pretty quiet here in Minnesota as well. Um, a few little things. Uh, no major injuries, so that's always good to hear. Um, you know, when guys get nicked up here and there during training camp, that's the way it is. But, um, yeah, it's no really big news at all. You know, COVID seems like it's slowing down pretty good for everyone so far. Let's cross our fingers. Um, but um, we did sign a linebacker, Hardy uh, Nickerson. Uh, he was a linebacker in Cincinnati for the last three years. He only appeared in seven games last year. Um, probably more of a, you know, training camp body, uh, fill out the roster a little bit. Don't know if he's going to make the roster. You know, he, he actually, he started like nine games the last three years. So maybe he could be a nice depth piece. Uh, we know Zimmer likes players from Cincinnati. Um, even though he hasn't coached them for some reason, he loves uh, signing players from the Bengals. Um, then, uh, on, on the Vikings live stream, they live stream training camp here. When was it? I believe it was Monday. They live stream and they interviewed uh, GM Rick Spielman. Um, they are really prioritizing Delvin Cook, um, getting that extension. Um, hopefully we can figure something out before the season. You know, you don't like the distractions. Uh, Delvin Cook says, you know, it's not a distraction, but you know, when every player said, you know, it will probably affect the way they play, you know, and that's just the way it is. But um, hopefully we get that figured out. Rick Spielman says he's pri prioritizing it. So hopefully um, that gets figured out in the next few weeks here. And then um, another little thing uh, we were just talking about um, before before we even started the podcast, um, right guard. Uh, the whole division is really not good at the right guard position, and it's still not good. But Pat, Pat Elfline's moving to right guard, so that even weakers the position even further down down the hole so um you know that's where he was in college most of the time so maybe that's more of his natural position so hopefully we can see what we can do there and um we have a new guy sliding into left guard and hopefully that's drew samia um a fourth round draft pick from last year so hopefully he can slide in and make some noise there and we can figure out this offensive line um situation but yeah other than that training camp's been going good we've had a few standout players uh, like we've said, we're going to get that, get into that in the next section and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, pretty quiet um, on news. So, but you know, training camp—that's kind of a good sign most of the time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All I really took from that is that the Vikings' offensive line is even worse and going to get destroyed by Zadarius and Preston Smith week oh, one. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And um, <laughs> our next segment that we've mentioned a couple times is our training camp standouts, who has looked the best so far in the few days of practice that there's been. And I don't think I'm being biased here when I say there's really one topic of discussion we need to start with, and that's A.J. Dillon's monstrous legs. So I know Nathan was very excited oh, yeah. to, talk about, to talk about these thunder thighs. So why don't you get us started, Nathan? Yeah. A.J. Dillon and anyone else who stood out to you for the Packers during camp. Did you? I want to make sure. Did you? You guys saw the picture, right? Yeah. Oh, we yeah. saw the picture. I just it was sure. intimidating. I, I feel like less of a man <laughs> for seeing that photo. Cause... Yeah, basically, basically the Packers have Saquon Barkley now um, as their backup running back, which is nice. It's a good, it's a good backup to have. Um, no, back but, up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, um, it, that picture definitely kind of lit Packers Twitter on fire. Um, you know, everyone, everyone loves that. But yeah, I mean, not only has you know that picture surfaced, but he also apparently has been catching a lot of pa or catching some passes, I guess, which is something that we were not expecting. He's supposed to be more of just a you know a runner, a power guy. Apparently, he's been catching passes well. Um, I think Rogers talked about it. Rogers said he's he's got good hands, so that's something to look out for. Something that you know he could maybe if he could develop into a better pass catcher. Um, you know, something that just definitely helps his progression. Um, other guys I have, um, just overall, the competition at the O-line is something to um, keep in mind or to look out for on the right side of the O-line. You've got Billy Turner, um, Wagner, Rick Wagner, and Lane Taylor all fighting for two spots. So apparently they've been used in different combinations. They've been, you know, putting different guys different places just to, to see. But 
um, Rogers talked about it's a good problem to have. You got three solid guys um, that you know you're trying to fill two spots with. So I mean, we lost Bulaga, and so that's definitely a you know a role to fill now is on the right side of the O line. Um, other than that, Chandon Sullivan is getting reps with the first team defense, so he looks like the guy to replace Tremont Williams. I think Eli, did you you wrote an article about Chandon Sullivan? Was it, yeah, was that- yeah, he's definitely been. Yeah, he it looks like he's he could be the starting slot corner. Yeah, I know. I, th- I thought it was you that wrote an article like about how you're excited about him if he is the guy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited if he takes over for um, for Tremont Williams. Um, on offense, Tyler Irvin is looking like someone who we could use as an offensive weapon and not just on special teams. They're saying he's apparently looked pretty explosive. A guy who came in and was one of the only, literally the only person who could actually return kicks and punts for us. I, th- I believe we had negative, like, nine punt return yards. Yeah, before. Ne- negative, I think, I think it was negative eight by week yeah. 12. I mean, yeah. it was just it, disgusting. It was it was hilarious. Every single punt, you'd be like, okay, how many yards, yards are we going to lose, yeah. like, on a punt yeah. return? And he came in, and he had, like, one, he had one punt return that was, like, eight yards, and everyone's like, he literally just had more <laughs> yards than we've had all season. <laughs> But yeah, um, so he's been he was used mainly as a returner, and he said that is probably going to remain his main role. But he is excited if he can get, you know, some, you know, plays on offense, um, be utilized in the offense as some type of weapon. You know, might as well. The Packers again don't have a lot at receiver, a lot of ton of depth. But um, so yeah, I mean, I I can definitely see us throwing a guy in there for some type of you know explosive plays or stuff like that, just you know spark stuff. So yeah, that's what I got for the Packers. Yeah, just real quick to piggyback off that before we move on. Specifically, just Tyler Irvin. He's someone I'm really excited about. We saw how explosive he was returning, and then when they gave him some gadget plays, some tap passes, stuff like that out of the backfield, he looked really good. So he's someone who, in a very confusing Packers wide receiver group, could end up making a serious impact because outside of Devontae Adams, there's no guarantees in that room whatsoever. So... Keep an eye on Irvin, but uh, who's been who's been standing out the most to you, Gerbs, for the Lions? Yeah, so the Lions, uh, probably one of the most pleasant surprises was um, third round pick Jonah Jackson from Ohio State. Um, he was the at yesterday's practice, their first practice of the season. It, he was the only rookie who was taking first team snaps, and I'll talk about why that was also kind of an issue later, but. Um, he held his own, and so far in the two days of practice, he has not lost a uh, one-on-one rep yet to any of the defensive linemen on the team. So the, things are looking good for him. He already looks like he's in that role, ready to play as a starter, as a third-round rookie. Um, so that's exciting. He's a really, really solid run blocker. Not the best in pass block, but he's good. Like He's, he's not a liability there. So um, pairing him with um, Vitae, who has been working with Jackson a lot to kind of build chemistry on the right side of the line, things are looking great, especially because also Vitae is blowing any expectations I had of him, like right out of the water. Like I, I had no faith in him whatsoever. I thought of him as just, you know, another backup who the Lions gave way too much money and then wanted to make him a starter. But he has looked really solid um he's looking really physical and um just holding down the right side of the line and doing really great with run blocking so it looks like the Lions run game can improve heavily which leads into DeAndre Swift second round pick um has just been making the entire linebacker core and secondary look silly I mean he's he's putting um he's breaking ankles of every linebacker and every safety the Lions are throwing at him right now so that's just beautiful to see. I think him paired with Carrion is going to be great. Uh, he also gets some extra looks. Carrion's still recovering from uh, the ankle injury. I think it was an ankle injury or a knee injury he had uh, to end his season last season. So Swift is getting a little more attention. Uh, the thing that stood out the most was his receiving skills, uh, running just short routes from the slot especially or um, kind of doing that satellite role from the backfield. He's... Yeah, he's just torching our defense at every step he takes. So that's beautiful to see. Um, In not great news, uh, Jeff Okuda, number three overall pick in the draft, isn't looking that great right now. Um, I would, you know, it's, you can't, obviously can't call him a bust. It's training camp. He's a rookie. 
It was a terrible pick. Everyone drafted Jordan. It was a reach. It was the biggest reach of the draft. That's confirmed now. Confirmed. It should be embarrassed. Jordan Love. (laughs) That's all I need to say. (laughs) But then, um, so Akuda, I mean, rookie cornerbacks, very rarely do they just come out swinging and look fantastic right away. Um, He's... He's showing some struggles. He's definitely learning and trying to adapt. I think without the rookie mini camp and without um, just OTAs and all that, I think it kind of hurt his development a little bit. But he's been um, working with Desmond Trufant on defense, trying to learn the get the ropes a little more and uh, figure out how to be an NFL corner. Right now, Trufant and Amani Oruwarie, who was a draft pick, fifth round pick last year, they are taking those two first team spots and looking really solid. They said that Trufant, who's been with the team just since March when they, or April or something, when they signed him is already um, kind of taking the leadership role on defense and hyping up the, the DBs. And it's not hard to hype up a defensive back, but still hyping up the DBs and uh, you know, just getting them, you know, he's being a leader as a veteran, as probably the most veteran player in that backfield. It's really nice to see he's being a leader. Um, Yeah. Other than that, it's uh, just the wide receiver core. Kenny Galladay is just still torching any, any corner. Same with Marvin Jones. Uh, There was one beautiful play. He literally like, it was like the NFL would have ruled it uncatchable if you weren't going to get it anyway. Like, but um, he literally just leapt up one hand, snagged it down like it was nothing, and it was the most beautiful thing in the world on just pure post route. It was wonderful. It was great. <laughs> so, um, and then Quintez Cephas, uh, the fifth or sixth round uh, pick we have this year, he is looking solid too. Big bodied slot receiver. Love to see it. So, yeah, the Lions have a lot of rookies that are looking pretty good right now. A lot of the free agent signings are looking strong, but again, it's two days so far in a training camp. So, we got to see a little bit more, but um, the one thing that stood out to me the most is the message that every single player who's been talked, who's uh, spoke to the media so far has said is uh, they call it dagger time, which is um, basically if you watch any Lions game, they blow it in the second half. Like they'll, they'll look at the Chiefs game, look, you know, where it's the, the Lions always. The Packers twice. The first, yeah. Yeah, twice. It's, yeah. Packers and the Chiefs, right? Yeah. Just. <laughs> But yeah, the Lions always kind of hold their own and then just completely fall apart. And so finally, finally, someone in the coaching staff says, hey, I think I figured out the problem with this offense. And they started working on, you know, when the guys are tired at the end of practice, that's when they're pushing them the hardest and trying to make sure that they can make plays during like then. And uh, they're focusing a lot on, you know, game on the line situations. It's, you know, fourth down, you have 10 seconds left on the clock and you're got 70 yards to go what are you going to do kind of deal like they are they're working on every little strategy they have um their two-minute offense hopefully will improve a lot here i'm hoping but yeah so that's uh that's the things to come out of training camp is the lions are actually starting to look at the issues they've had for the last couple years and try to fix them and that's a new concept to me i've never seen it before in detroit so we'll see how it goes well, I wouldn't be overly optimistic, but let's... <laughs> it's too late. I'm on the hype train already. So. <laughs> what's going on? What's going on in Bears camp, Max? Yeah, so uh, a couple different stories. Again, we don't have like a ton of footage because it's all just being systematically released by the Bears themselves. So we get a couple stories here and there from uh, beat reporters and that sort of thing. Uh, first one uh, is that Artie Burns... Uh, tore his ACL we just found that out today and um, like it sucks it sucks the most for Artie Burns who is trying to get back to his uh, previous self where he's a former first round pick for the Steelers he was a starter for the Steelers however on the Bears roster not likely he would have made the team we do have uh, Kevin Tolliver and Jalen Johnson who would have been scrapping it out for that CB2 spot um, on the opposite end of uh, Kyle Fuller. And then from there, our depth would be Kendall Vildor, who was our fifth-round pick this year. And uh, and then, I don't know, uh, yeah, just not a lot of open spots for him anyway, but it does suck to lose him that way. I'd rather have him be cut rather than have his ACL cut, in a sense. But from there, moving on to... 
Uh, Cordell Patterson, he's a guy that, again, we've talked about it before. He's the Trojan position. That's what Matt Nagy likes to call him. And so he's moving around everywhere. Last year, he was a wide receiver, and but ended up having, having more carries than he had receptions. This year, he's actually spending a lot of time with uh, the running back. So he's spending time with the running back group. And cool to see. Like uh, A lot of people were concerned about this at first, and and it's not a huge deal because, again, last year he was wide receiver and had more carries than receptions. So it's just getting him a little bit more um, experience working with the running backs, learning how to run in between the tackles rather than just relying on speed, that sort of thing. So really cool that they're using him there. And uh, also kind of gives us more of an option if uh, David Montgomery were to go down that we just don't have Tariq Cohen there, right? And so it's really cool to see that he he will have a little bit more experience if he gets called upon to be perhaps in uh, a starting running back, which hopefully we don't get to that position. Uh, from there, we have Darnell Mooney and Ted Ginn. Not a whole lot, but the, that's a position I've been really highly watching as that kind of wide receiver three um, spot, which is going to be that speedy wide receiver. And we had a couple of storylines coming out of Bears camp that uh, Ted Ginn hasn't lost his step and that Darnell Mooney has shown some really big flash, which he was a fifth-round pick for us this this last draft, and he ran a 4-3 um, within that as well, or 4-3-7 or something like that. And so really cool to see that we do have a little bit of speed and that Ted Ginn, he, he's shown it in camp, even though he's kind of getting up there in age. Uh, as far as our standouts, so two big competitions, and I, I don't know if you'd really consider this a standout, but something that really needs to be talked about is the QB competition and what's going on with that. So after day one, um, I've heard from Bears beat reporters that the competition is close. And I've always said, if it's close, it goes to Trubisky. If Foles even wins by a little bit, it goes to Trubisky. And so I've heard a couple of reporters say that Foles looked like the better quarterback, but not by a whole lot after our first day of training camp. And then after today, uh, it looks like it was pretty much even if not Trubisky got the nod. A um, couple points on Trubisky. Uh, players have really stated his leadership has really stepped up. He seems a lot more confident. Um, uh, heard that he threw a ball into triple coverage and threw uh, a would-be interception, which sounds a lot like the Trubisky of old. And so that was kind of disappointing to hear, but also great to hear that he did really well in our, our red zone drills that they were doing. He was throwing touchdown after touchdown, so cool with that. Uh, as far as Nick Foles, hurt. Heard that from Stacy Dales, uh, NFL reporter, that he has a he has a really nice spin on the ball, that he's throwing it very accurately, that he's looking like a starting caliber uh, quarterback. So that's awesome here as well. Saw a really cool video just a couple hours ago of him throwing a touchdown to our second round tight end Cole Komet, and it's crazy because uh, Nick Foles is six six and Cole Komet's like six seven. So they go and run up and give each other a hug and celebrate at the end of uh, scoring the touchdown, and they're the exact same size. So it's it's kind of crazy to, I don't know, re-remember how big Nick Foles actually is. And and Cordero Patterson had a little interview at the end of training camp today where he said he dropped an F-bomb. He said, holy fuck, he, Nick Foles, that, that guy's a massive mf -er, you know? <laughs> He's like yeah, caught off guard on how big this guy is. He, all They've just seen each other over Zoom over the last while. But um, So cool, cool within that. But as far as our biggest training camp standout goes to Jimmy Graham. And so it's it's wild, but um, don't get too excited. That's what people are saying. That's what people are saying. But you know what? I'm I'm not saying that Jimmy Graham is going to be a Pro Bowl uh, tight end. I'm not even going to say he's going to be the best tight end in the division. I think I think it's a highly high chance that he will be. But who knows? Anyway, so what I've heard after training camp day one is that he's just been scoring touchdowns and and. Uh, started and like it became a thing where he's just scoring touchdown after touchdown. So he started celebrating it, and really rubbing it into uh, the defensive backs. And and so he what he would do is he'd do like a Gronk spike, or else he just started um, hucking balls as far as he could. He'd just throw the ball 40 yards and and uh, after scoring a touchdown. And and he started irritating some of our defensive backs so bad. So Dion Bush, who is likely our backup safety going into Week One, and he, they ended up getting into a fight after he scored another touchdown on, on uh, I believe that was actually today on day two. So he did it day one. Reporters are talking about how well he looked, how good he looked. And then on day two, they're like, okay, like 
he he repeated it and he was able to just like tear guys down and and score touchdowns and so pretty cool um i don't know a whole lot more than that but other than he's just scoring touchdowns which is great which is what we need him for and um and then yeah i don't know it's uh again you look back to the packers and what he was able to do um there's been some debate just based on that he's been now asked to split out wide where cole Komet will play in line and uh, i uh saw a tweet earlier today where it kind of uh, where someone calculated the snaps between 2018 Jimmy Graham and 2019 Jimmy Graham with the Packers. And under McCarthy, Jimmy Graham spent, uh, he had 270 snaps in line and 520 out wide, which is where we'll be using him. And he looked a lot better in 2018. I think you guys would say that as well. I didn't watch him more than I did. Um, however, in 2019, Jimmy Graham had 335 in line and 330 out wide. So about a 200 snap difference on being out wide in a catching position. He's not a blocking tight end. He shouldn't be used in line. Um, that's why we have Cole Komet now. And so, yeah, it's cool to see him split out wide and that he's excelling there. It's a position of need that we needed to fulfill, obviously with uh, all the narrative of how many tight ends we brought in, that sort of thing. It's it's huge that we have someone that's able to fill in that position serviceably. Uh, beyond that, that's uh, that pretty much covers all of Bears camp. Uh, last smaller note is Blyle Nichols has been spending time at nose tackle, which originally that should have been Eddie Goldman there who opted out due to COVID. And then we thought John Jenkins would be the next runner up who's FA. We just picked up this off season, but to see Blyle Nichols playing a nose tackle is kind of confusing. I don't know if it's even disheartening maybe that like um, that we're going to be moving him from right tackle, but it might even be a good thing if he, if he can play nose tackle well, um, that means Roy Roberts and Harris will be able to play that right um, sort of defensive tackles position um, in our th- three, four scheme and having both of them on the field might, might be a good thing. I, I, I don't know. Hopefully Blount Nichols picks it up. And I, I think this as is, might be, it, this might be an encouraging thing for bears fans, but something definitely we need to be watching. Yeah. Now, finally onto the Vikings and anything around their camp, maybe some Dalvin Cook news. Doesn't seem like he plans on holding out, but do you see any contract coming for him anytime soon? Um, like I mentioned earlier, yeah, Rick Spielman's prioritizing that, but you know he can say that all he wants. They actually have to get down to pen and paper and get the deal done. So um, I'm hoping it happens. Um, get the distraction out of the way. Don't overpay him. If he's looking for too much money, yeah, then you gotta you know play it out or maybe look for a trade or something like that. But uh, um, do I expect an extension? I guess I do. Um, I think Mike Zimmer really likes his running backs, and uh, Rick Spielman uh, likes keeping you know good players around as well. So I, th- you know, I think that could um, come to an end here, you know, before the season starts. I'd I'd like for it to happen. So um, that would be amazing. But um, yeah, other than that, a few a few couple guys that have been uh, standing out. I'm going to focus on a couple of rookies. Um, number one is Cameron Dantzler. Um, he's been a guy that I've loved ever since, you know, day one, since we drafted him, he's got all the attributes to being, you know, a number one QB he's got, or a CB, excuse me. Um, he's got the length, he's got the agility, you know, he's got the quickness. Um, yeah, he's got the dog in him, you know, the swagger, you know, everything you look for. And he's been, you know, he had two interceptions here the last few days, um, playing with the first team. Um, Adam Thielen even came out and said in an interview that he's going to be a really, really good cornerback. And if you can get that kind of value in the third round, um, you know, that's that's amazing. You know, Rick Spielman just doing a great job again, finding guys in the mid, mid rounds uh, that can contribute right away. Um, but, um, yeah, really looking forward to watching him, especially if, you know, he could be, you know, starting, um, especially with Jeff Gladney, um, our other um, cornerback that we drafted in the first round he's uh still recovering a little bit from um meniscus surgery um mike zimmer came out and said that they kind of rushed a little bit too quick kind of want to take it easy on him now so you know that's given another opportunity to dance there to make plays so i'm i'm looking forward to watching both of them play together at some point but um out of those two dancer has been the better cornerback he's just had more opportunity as well and then the other guy um, is Justin Jefferson. Um, you know, obviously there's their videos, training camp videos. You you know, you can take those with a grain of salt, but he's been catching everything, throwing his way, you know, tough catches, um, doing everything the right way. 
Um, Adam Thielen said he's going to be, you know, amazing across from him. And I hope he is as that uh, wide receiver number two, especially with, you know, Diggs gone and not the greatest receivers at the three and four spots. But um, if he can come in and step in, that's going to be huge for Kirk Cousins and huge for our offense. Uh, so, yeah, Cameron Dancer and Justin Jefferson, um, keep up the good work. You know, we, we need those two guys to step up, especially with, you know, we don't have the cornerback depth this year and we don't have the wide receiver depth this year. So um, if we can have those guys contribute day one, that'd be huge for us. And then um, I mentioned this earlier, you know, Pat Elfine's sliding over to right guard, and hopefully we have um, a new guy come in at left guard. Hopefully it's Drew Samia that he can have a good camp. Um, yeah, I think he's been working with the twos as of right now, but um, I think he'll have the most potential to be at that uh, spot at a left guard. Um, but other than that, yeah, those those two rookies have been really impressing me. Um, Kirk's been okay, they said. Um, he's had some turnovers. Um, he's had some good plays. Um, you know, we don't have a quarterback competition, so it's not like it's Trubisky and and uh, Foles. But you kind of always want to look at the way your quarter, quarterback's playing in the in training camp. And obviously, there's no preseason this year, so you know their first action is going to be on week one. So. Um, but, uh, yeah, those are the guys that kind of been standing out in Minnesota. All right, and I'll go I'll go real quick. Just a couple of things that stood out to me for the Packers. Um, a couple defensive backs. Uh, rookie six-round pick, safety Vernon Scott, has been supposedly making plays all over the field during practice, breaking up passes and just looking very good. So he was someone I was actually – excited about heading into the draft. I didn't even think he would last till the sixth round. So I think the Packers might have something there in Vernon Scott. And then also undrafted free agent Stanford Samuel has also been making a lot of plays. And he, as of now, might be my dark horse candidate for the Packers to make the roster as an undrafted free agent, which we all know the Packers will almost always have one undrafted free agent make the roster. This year could be more difficult because of no preseason, but if someone does it, I think it could be Samuel. And then the other guys that stood out, I mean, Nathan, I'm curious about your opinion about LaFleur saying that Robert Tanyan has a legitimate shot at being the tight end one. If that's the case, I'm going to shoot myself. Because then why the, <laughs> I was going to say, no, why the shit would you spend two third-round picks yeah. on tight ends if you thought you had your tight end one in Tanyan the whole time? So you think that's just coach speak, or maybe Tanyan actually took a big jump? What do you think about that? I'm I'm hoping and thinking that it's coach speak. But yeah, <laughs> I, I'm with you 100%. I don't understand <laughs> what's the point of their whole strategy. Also, because I mean, Tanyan's like basically just a big bodied receiver he's not even like yeah. a tight he's not your like tight end who can really block and he's a special teams guy who's basically just a bigger receiver isn't he yeah. like yeah no he's not great in the blocking game no definitely more of a receiver and then you go and you look at Sternberger and DeGuara who both are they could hold their own in blocking but <clears throat> they made their they made their name off receiving as well so Whatever, it's going to be an interesting tight end room, to say the least, for the Packers. And finally, just want to give a shout-out to Christian Kirksey, who has looked exactly what we were hoping he'd look like coming in for the Packers. Again, we know he has the talents just about health. He intercepted, I believe it was in Aaron Rodgers' pass on his first day in practice. He's looking good. Supposedly, he has the, the defense down pat already. He has experience with Mike Pettin anyway, so that doesn't surprise me. So those are some of the guys that really stood out for me from Packers camp. And now for the last, you know, couple months, as if you've been watching, we've been going position by position across the division, ranking each team one through four, who has the best position. So it's, we've gotten through all the positions, including special teams. So now we're going to go and make a all NFC North team, kind of like an all pro team, basically going to go and choose your best players around the division. We're going to do one quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, one tight end, and then five offensive linemen, one for each position. Pretty straightforward. Uh, let's start off with you, Max. Uh, what's uh, what's your all NFC North team offense look like? Sure. Well, um, I think. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, if we're doing QB room, problem. No, I don't know. <laughs> <Probably> not, even. <laughs> not even then. 
All right. Uh, QB, yeah. Sorry, gotta go Rodgers. Um, yeah, no explanation needed. I like you. You just had to put respect on the name, even though uh, Packers management might not do that. <laughs> Running back, RB one. I've got uh, Dalvin Cook. RB two, Aaron Jones. Uh, from there, wide receiver. I'm gonna go with. I'm going to go with A-Rob on the outside, and then I'm going to put uh, Devontae Adams at slot, and then I'm going to put Adam Thielen on the other side. I think I think Galladay, I think he's uh, he'd be a perfect fit out there too. I, if you choose Galladay, I have no problems with that. I just think Adam Thielen adds a little bit something extra. I, I see A-Rob and Galladay as similar to- side of sort of a big-bodied receivers. Adam Thielen, a little bit more speedy, a little bit better with the routes. I, I prefer him a little bit more on the outside, so I'll take him. Uh, from there, tight end. Uh, this is a tough one because I think the best tight end is Kyle Rudolph. However, he's more of that inline tight end. And like I've said on previous podcasts, the inline guys don't get all the credit. They don't get all the glory. They're expected to do a little bit more blocking. So I'm actually going to go with a pass catching tight end in Jimmy Graham. Uh, he's just shown it. I see like obviously with uh, Irv Smith and Sternberger and uh, Hawkinson and all those guys, they can all pop off this year. However, if we're going all pro, they haven't done much yet. And so Graham, he's not great, but he's done something. And so I'm going to give him that tight end one spot. Again, if you choose Kyle Rudolph, I'm fine with that. Uh, from there, offensive line, uh, Bakhtiari, again, no no debate there on the left tackle sort of side. Uh, left guard, I'm actually going to go with Bears, uh, James Daniels. He He's looked good for us. He's more than serviceable. I think he's, I think he deserves that spot. Uh, at center, Cody Whitehair, pro bowler, captain of our offensive line. Uh, right guard, yikes, NFC North. This looks bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't can't even pronounce half the guys' names. I, I haven't even read the names before of most of the guys <laughs> who are going to be starting for us this year. And like Jermaine Effetti for the Bears, yikes. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I we kind of talked about this pre-podcast, but I had two names there, uh, Lane Taylor and Billy Turner, who I believe are fighting for the right guard spot. I even saw that they were even trying out one of the guys out at right tackle as well. I believe Billy sure. Turner was yeah, yeah. Was trying out right tackle. So uh, I'm going to go with Lane Taylor. I don't know. Sure. Why not? <laughs> and then, uh, and then right tackle, I think uh, without questions, got to go to Brian O'Neill for the Vikings. And that is my 2020 NFC North all pro team. You, all right, you well, forgot consider... Lions players on that list. All I'm saying. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're see... a part of the division. I totally forgot that. <laughs> I was about to say, considering the Lions were just completely left off that list, let's give Gerbs a chance at a rebuttal with his all (laughs) NFC North. No bears, no bears on the list. Oh no, there's a few, but you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm actually like, you know, I'll pay attention to your team and uh, you know acknowledge your good (laughs) players. Um, Again, just like what Max said, Rodgers has to be the all-division quarterback. I mean, yeah, just no other QB in the division, especially on the Bears, has stood up to where Rodgers is. I mean, Rodgers is like going to, you know, he's definitely one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. So it's you, you got to give it to him there. Um, receivers in this order, Adams, Galladay, Robinson. I mean, if you had those three, you could put any of those guys in the slot, any of those guys on the outside, that would be a beautiful offense. My God, there'd be like, yeah, oh, (laughs) that, that offense would be, that's like, I want to put that into Madden and just like, see what happens. Like, (laughs) it'll be beautiful. Um, running back. I put Jones and cook in my scenario. They're both like it's like a running back by committee, like a 1A and 1B, because to me, like, there's no way, like, I, I see them both as about the same level and also way ahead of any other running back in the division. So, yeah, they're, they're both solid. Having those guys in the backfield would be fantastic. Tight end, I'm really? going TJ Hawkinson. I assume those guys are Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Just because you didn't mention their name specifically, but... No, he did. He did. I said Jones and Cook. 
Yeah. Oh, maybe I'm spaced out completely. Yeah. <laughs> no, he did. But, um, yeah, Jones and Cook, they're very good. Continue. <laughs> That's <laughs> usually what we all do, Eli, when the Lions rep is talking. <laughs> we space uh, yeah, I hear that. We just let him rant. Your words hurt. <laughs> <You're hurtful. laughs> but, um, yeah, tight end, I'm going Hawkinson. I'm going to be a total homer here. and But, I mean, young guy, way more upside than uh, any other tight end in this division. Uh, Jimmy Graham, sure, he had a good training camp. Let's see what happens when, you know, when he's in the game. Look what he's <laughs> done in Green Bay recently. Nothing. So, um. But that yeah, nothing gonna, is more than all the other tight ends what they have done. I'm still I'm still putting Hawkinson. I think he's the most talented tight end in this division, okay. and I'm just gonna stand by that this year. Mark my words. Um, left tackle Bakhtiari. I mean, he's one of the best in the league. So he's obviously the best in the division, and no one's really close. At guards, I literally had to look up the Madden ratings and just kind of choose whoever was the <laughs> highest rated because. The guards in general in this division are just so goddamn terrible. <laughs> um, I think you could except replace for them. One. Yeah, except, except for one. Except What's for that? one, who is my James left Daniels. guard, Elton, Elton Jenkins. Yes. Um, the dude, what, He was a rookie last year? This is his second year? Yeah. Yep. Last yeah. year he was a rookie. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, and like, I mean, I love what I've seen from him. He's an up-and-coming guy, a real physical guard. I... I'm happy to see it. He's a mauler, and uh, I love I love some good uh, nasty O-line play. That's what you're going to get out of him. Uh, center, I'm going Frank Ragnow. Uh, he was really solid in uh, pass pro last year, and I think, you know, and he, he's been ranked as one of the top ten centers in the league. I think I stand by that. He's, he's, there's, he's improved year after year, and, like, he hasn't been a bust of a first-round pick, which is also, like, a huge criteria. <laughs> as a Lions player, is like <laughs> he's a Lions he, player, which is, is also another huge guy. Later, great, okay. <laughs> and then um, right guard. This is where the guard thing. It couldn't get any worse than it already was because like there's nobody a right guard. And again, call me biased. I'm going with rookie Jonah Jackson on the Lions because he has done nothing to disappoint yet, which makes him better than any other right guard in this division. <laughs> Dude, I'm all, I'm all for that. I'm all for it. I love Jonah Jackson. I loved him pre-draft. I wish the Bears picked him up. I'm he's I'm, a he's a, he's a smart run blocking guard. And again, he was he was the only rookie on the Lions to get first team reps right away, uh, and he held his own throughout all of it. And um, yeah, again, he has done nothing to disappoint. Unlike any other. And again, I didn't even know who most of the right guards were when I looked him up. Like a lot of names are new to me. And even though Jermaine Effetti is the highest rated right guard in the division. I call bull on that one. <laughs> it's like with a 68 on Madden, by the way. Like, it's not even, like, great. He has, like, a terrible rating and is still the highest rated right guard. Um, and then uh, right tackle, I'm going with Massey on the Bears. Just uh, right tackle was kind of, it was tough to look at. You got two former Lions with uh, Wagner on the Packers now, Reef on the Vikings. Both of them are great guys. And I'd put Massey at the same level. Like, they're they're good tackles. They're not the worst. And, uh, you know, they, they hold their own on most plays. They – and, yeah, I just – I had to pick one. I'm going with Massey. I like him more than Wagner or Reef. And then the Lions have Vitae, who, yeah, sure, he's looked good in training camp, but nothing really we'll see there. when he's so, up yeah, against Mac week one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready for that. But yeah, so that's that's my uh my all division team right or offense right there. All right, uh Nathan, how's your offense looking all NFC North? So, QB Rodgers as we've said. Um I do think the gap is closing on that, but like it's still Aaron Rodgers, you got to give him the nod. Um running back, I have Cook and Jones. Like you said, it's kind of a 1A 1B thing. I think you could put either one ahead of the other, but it's really close. Both are great. Receiver Adams, Robinson, Galladay. Um, I put Robinson ahead of Galladay. Actually, it might be just because I have him on my fantasy team now, so I like him. But, um, I do think if he had better quarterback play, he'd be a like stud. Um, Galladay is a stud too, but I'm just saying I think Robinson could be like elite, elite territory yeah. if he had a better quarterback. Um, Thielen just misses a cut, but like he's really good too. So if you wanted to put him in there, that's fine. Uh, tight end. I went with Kyle Rudolph. I do think he's like the best tight end, but I mean, Hawkinson is arguably the most talented. 
in the division, so I wouldn't have a problem there either. Um, then O-line, left tackle, Bakhtiari, no debate there. Uh, left guard, Elshon Jenkins, no debate there. Center, Frank Ragnow. Um, Lindsley's right behind to me, but, like, they're both kind of borderline top 10. Like, maybe both of them are kind of 8 to 10 range of, of centers in the, in the uh, NFL. So I went with Ragnow just to, like, mix it up, not to put all Packers here. Um, <laughs> Thank <then> you. <laughs> right guard, Billy Turner. Uh, he's underrated to me. Like you said, uh, Eli, you were talking about his Madden rating. It's like a 64. And I'm like, come on. Yeah. Give him yeah, some. Ridiculous. Yeah. But, yeah, as he's better than what the other teams in the division have at, at right guard. So I went with him. Um, and then right tackle, Brian O'Neill of the Vikings. Again, kind of just better than what everyone else has. You know, nothing special, but better than what we have. So, yeah, that's that's mine. All right, so I'll 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 go here because it looks like Brad Brad might not make it back for the rest of the show. He uh, he had some matters to attend to. So the Vikings fans, yeah, your representative is now gone, but don't worry about it. I got you. Um, <laughs> Kirk Cousins, yeah, exactly. I was about to say my entire team was going to be Kirk Cousins, Irv Smith, and uh, Brian O'Neill, <laughs> but I guess I have. To change it but uh yeah so can we just I mean, talk about how kirk cousins is not elite he's not i don't think anyone's <laughs> ever efficient. thought he was elite he's yeah. had like a he's season efficient, and a half just... of being better than average so yeah. that's not the yeah. same as elite yeah. <laughs> stafford but, uh, on the hand, elite <laughs> stafford is a talent is if he had a good roster and a consistently good i mean i've always loved stafford i do think he is very very good a lot better than Kirk Cousins, but um, obviously not even in the same stratosphere as my quarterback here, Aaron Rodgers, as QB1. The running backs in this division, not a surprise. We all went with Cook and Jones. It's just very clear. So receiver, the simple and obvious choice to go would be Adams, Galladay, Robinson. They're probably the three most talented but when you're thinking about constructing an offense, you want a good presence in the slot. And for me, I think Adam Thielen in the slot is probably the best of the in the division. So I'm actually going to go with Adams and Galladay on the outside with Thielen in the slot. Okay. I love Robinson, but I just think Galladay's stats will be better simply because he has a better quarterback. If they were on an even, even playing field, you could go Robinson or Galladay either way. But Galladay... I, I just have a little more faith in because of Stafford. So, yeah, again, Adams, Galladay, Thielen in the slot. And then at tight end, I wrote down two names. I wrote Hawkinson and Sternberger because I just – I'm looking at upside. I always look at who who has the chance to really break out. Jimmy Graham, I get it. He's for sure proven the most. If we're talking about what's been done, it's no question. Well, actually, you could make the argument for Kyle Rudolph, but I do think Jimmy Graham, obviously, at his best was was – way, way, way better than Kyle Rudolph, but looking at who could really break out this year and make a serious impact on their team, I think it's Hawkinson and it's Sternberger who have the best chance to do that. The Bears have a ton of tight ends already. They have a rookie in Komet. Jimmy, I've watched almost every snap he's taken over the last two years. He's not the worst tight end in the NFL, but he's not very good and he's getting older and I just don't I just don't think he has the upside of, of some of the a, younger guys. If there is a worst tight end, I don't want to have them on my team. <laughs> exactly. So um so yeah, I'm gonna go with either one of I think either one of Hawkinson or Sternberger or both could really have breakout seasons. Offensive line is pretty similar to everyone else. Obviously, Bakhtiari at left tackle. I'm going. Le- I'm going. Elton Jenkins at guard. All rookie. All rookie team. I mean, the guy's a stud. And then at center, I actually went with Cody Whitehair. Max, I know you felt disrespected by his absence on the other lists. I love Corey Lindsley. I think he's highly underrated, but Cody Whitehair is definitely very good and the leader of that Bears offensive line. So I'll give that to them. And then, just like everyone else, right guard is a total shit show. So, for me, it's basically going to be the winner of the Packers competition. Whether it's Billy Turner or Lane Taylor, one of those two will probably be the best right guard in the division. And then at right tackle, I went with Vikings tackle Brian O'Neill. 
not a superstar, but not a liability, just a solid right tackle. He's not going to screw you over, and that's kind of what you're looking for on offense. And that's all of our teams. Uh, Brett, yeah, Brett's not going to make it back in. So I guess before we head out, if everyone, any closing thoughts, some something you're excited about for the next couple of weeks of practice, a player to keep an eye on, anything you got, uh, go ahead, Nathan. Well, I just want to say I saw a video on Twitter yesterday of Mitch Trubisky completing a pass to a wide-open Jimmy Graham, and I must say he's back. He's officially back. <laughs> hey, Cordell Patterson <laughs> said, "Don't sleep on uh, Trubisky or whatever." So he's back. Yeah, because... I don't know where I don't know I don't know where he was to begin with. He never was there to begin with, but he's somehow back. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, I well, and it's crazy. One thing I didn't even bring up is that Anthony Miller. He had a press conference and. He he basically said that he can't wait for um, Foles to he can't wait to see what Foles does in live action because he's been playing so well in training camp, and like very like did not choose his words carefully with that at all because you're basically saying like like if you take it literally instead of figuratively you're saying that you don't think Trubisky is the starter and that you expect to see Foles on the field which is actually pretty huge and i'm glad that it didn't blow up more than what it was because you could kind of say like oh he's speaking figuratively he just wants to see if he can do the same thing on the field but yeah uh it, it'll be interesting something to watch something i'm really excited for see if uh this uh, 1920 football drive gives us a little bit more insight what's going on but i again i think it's trubisky at least week one we'll see all right, and Gerbs, anything for the Lions? Yeah, so uh, one thing to look forward to, uh, Kenny Galladay, who's in a contract year right now, uh, when asked he uh, about his contract status, he said that something is coming soon. So I'm excited about that. He's a guy the Lions need to lock down for the rest of his career. Uh, another little interesting tidbit I forgot to mention is uh, Calvin Johnson was in the Zoom call with the receivers helping like, kind of give some tips and talk to the guys. And that's like the first time he's actually interacted with the team since he was let go since in 15. They screwed him over hard. Yes, they, you know, they said, hey, you know that like 1.2 mil or whatever? <laughs> Pay it back, please. What a bunch of dicks. I can't yeah. believe they did that. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, uh, I mean, like to one of the, I mean, arguably, I mean, not even arguably, the second best player behind Barry Sanders to ever play for the franchise. One of the best receivers of all time. And they go, and guess what? Yeah, and they got Barry Sanders to retire early also. Special yeah. Lions gift. Yeah. Take your star <laughs> players, piss them off, and have them retire. <laughs> so, but, hey, something happened. Calvin, at least, you know, it's not – he's not – obviously, you can't show up at practice right now. But, you know, the fact he's calling into the Zoom calls with receivers, giving some tips, it's kind of nice to see. Uh, said some good things about Galladay and the gang. So, I'm excited. But, uh, yeah, that's what you got to look forward to is this receiving core is looking great. It looks like the Lions are actually starting to plan for the future a little bit with it. So keep an eye out. All right, and then I'll just finish off real quick with the Packers. We've mentioned there's a huge competition on the right side of the Packers offensive line right now, and we could potentially end up seeing Rick Wagner, who was signed this offseason, start the year on the bench. I mean, if Lane Taylor looks good at guard and, and Billy Turner looks good at right tackle – Wagner could find himself has depth and look, that's not a bad thing. Rick Wagner is a backup tackle. You're not going to get much better than that. So I'm happy about that. And obviously you got to keep an eye on the Packers tight end situation. I mean, between Sternberger, DeGuara, and now the newly named tight end one, Robert Tanyan, it's like, I don't know who to watch first, but obviously I have very high hopes for Sternberger and it seems like DeGuara has been making an impact himself as well as a receiver. So expect a lot of two and even three tight end sets out of the Packers this season, especially early on. But that's everything for today, guys. This is our first week back with the NFL. Fingers crossed we're going to get another one next week and the <laughs> week after. And every week until February when the Packers raise the Lombardi Trophy once again. But... um. Before would we be head fourth, out, would that be our fourteenth championship? 
it'll definitely continue to be the most in an NFL I history, whatever number track. it is. Yeah, it just you sucks because we after... can't even say anything. We're just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, what would be a quick witted thing to say? Ugh. nothing. <laughs> you should have had no, more. It's, it's still gonna be the Chiefs. Oh, you only have two with Rodgers and Favre. When you guys <laughs> yeah. lose to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, because that's that's the most trash talk I could do as a Lions fan is say, hey, <laughs> you might lose to Pat Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of a, of a quick response, I don't know if you saw, there was some quote today, Mitchell Trubisky saying how uh, average play is not acceptable around here. So mm-hmm. I had to retweet it saying that, that, you know, maybe you should have told that to your team the last 40 years because uh, average play has been their go-to for the Bears for a while. <laughs> hey. But um, Either way, guys, this is it for this week. We're going to be back next week, hopefully another week of practice, a lot more news, a lot more to discuss. Uh, Hit us up on Twitter at SplitDivPod, and then you can find Nathan at Nathan Marzian, Gerbs at Max Gerbs, Max at Max Markham NFL, and Brett at MN Vikes Central. And you can find me on Twitter at BookofEli underscore NFL. We'll see you all next week. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a good night.